Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there. My name is Derek Henningberg, and welcome to another episode of Walk by Faith. Um, another episode, indeed. This is actually episode number three, and wow, I'm just still amazed that I have actually taken this, um, taken the initiative to step out in faith and create this podcast in which I'm hoping is a blessing to whomever takes the time to sit and, and listen to me ramble and and try to give you guys some some wisdom and some knowledge, you know, from the good word of God, of course. It is December the 19th, 2018. We are fast approaching 2019 and Christmas is next Tuesday. I hope everybody already has their shopping done and we should never, ever forget the reason of the season. Um, let us not put too much emphasis on those gifts and those presents. And, of course, the the guy in the red suit, Santa Claus. And, you know, some families don't celebrate Christmas and they just appreciate the time of the year. And um, just give the Lord glory and praise for being born the Savior of the world. And which is pretty much the best gift that any person can possibly receive is the free gift of Jesus Christ. Salvation, that is, to heaven. Okay, so like I said, I um, I am just getting done with all of my shopping, and I think I may have one gift to buy, and it'll be complete. Um, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm grateful for the position that God has put me in. Um, I'm, I'm just... I'm happy. I am. But I, I understand that the Lord has so many other things for me lined up that I need to do. So much more service for the kingdom, the vineyard, we'll say, the field, the mission field, because there's people to reach. And I really, really feel that this podcast is going to do just that for the year 2019. Before every broadcast, I pray that the Holy Spirit reveals whatever needs to be revealed and talks about whatever needs to be talked about. And the purpose of the podcast here is to grab the attention of the listener and hopefully talk about something in which you can relate to. And I am almost certain that there's going to be a whole lot of people able to relate to today's podcast. It's a it's a bit of a touchy subject, we'll say. You may want to use discretion as far as who you allow to listen to this, parents, adults. If you have children, you may want to have them leave the room because I am going to talk about some stuff that may make you feel a little uncomfortable. Some things in which their innocent ears may not necessarily need to hear. At the same time, we're still going to keep it family friendly. We're still going to keep it biblical. We're still going to keep it to where we can understand it with the utmost respect. Okay. The name of today's episode is The Bedroom of Destruction. What made me name it this is we live in a day and age that sex is 
unavoidable as far as seeing it and hearing it, we'll say. Now, it's still avoidable as far as participating in it, but to get away from the magazines that we see in the store, from the scenes in which we see in movies and TV shows, from the gestures that people make on the internet, from the clothes in which ladies may wear in public, the cleavage that hangs out in public that tends to entice young men to think impure thoughts. It's very, very difficult to get away from that type of social acceptance, we'll say. Because we live in a society where people are are driven to say things like, accept me for who I am, don't judge me on account of what I wear. This is just me expressing myself. I have a right to wear what I want. And I'm sorry if it makes you feel some type of way. That is the type of society we live in. Now, back in the, the 60s, we'll say, a little bit further than that, you know, modest dressing was very, very common. And to dress immodest was something that was frowned upon. In fact, we live in a day and age that most things that were frowned upon many, many, many years ago are now embraced. And some people may look at this as a consciousness of awakening as to accepting people on different levels. When I still think that being immodest is just that. And it leads to nowhere good. It leads to the bedroom of destruction. I have two Bible verses picked out today. That we're going to go through, we're going to break down, and we're going to go ahead and implement into this program. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I pray that if you are in some sort of a situation or predicament to where you are participating in acts in which you shouldn't, hopefully this broadcast will wake you up, shake you up, and hopefully give you another perspective. As far as what direction you need to go in in this life. I want to be reading out of the book of Proverbs. Chapter 14, verse 12. And it reads, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Let's read that again. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So this is saying, you know, there's a way that us people feel like something is right, like a feeling, like it, it doesn't feel wrong, it feels right. The, the, the text here is saying there's a, there's a way that seems right, but it leads to death. It leads to destruction. What seems right to us, we'll see, we'll say people of the world is to sleep with people or sleep with as many people as we possibly can. When did this become socially accepted? I'm not sure. But I know that we live in a world to where people are having 
affairs with each other, sexual affairs, intimate relationships, now more than ever. Sex is something that was designed for the blessing of marriage. The coming of two, becoming one, one flesh, as the scriptures say. The act of sex was designed to mend problems, to bring closeness to division in a, in a marriage, to express love in a marriage, to, to, to give one's self to the other. It is the absolute most closest, most intimate action in which two people can intertwine with. But yet it has been turned into something to where people just do casually. Because as the scripture states here, it seems right. It seems right. It seems right that a man can sleep with as many women as he wants just because it makes him feel good. It seems right that a woman can sleep with as many men as she wants because it makes her feel good. Because it seems right. But Proverbs 14, 12 says, this way seems right, but it's end. The result leads to death, leads to destruction. There is a rampant case of sexually transmitted diseases that are running rapid in our world. AIDS, chlamydia, herpes, gonorrhea, other diseases in which are not necessarily recorded, but they exist. They're out there. And some of these diseases do lead to death. Some of them do lead to destruction. But they can lead to death and destruction in more than one way, we'll say. Which brings me to our next verse, which is also in the book of Proverbs. We're going to go ahead and turn to Proverbs 5. And I'll be reading from verses 1 through 5. Proverbs 5, 1 through 5 says, My son, attend to my wisdom and bow your ear to my understanding. This is like a father talking to his son, saying, Listen, son, I'm trying to tell you something that's going to help you throughout life. I'm trying to tell you something that's going to keep you from getting in trouble. So listen to me. Verse 2, that you may regard desertion. And that your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip as a honeycomb. And her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. And her steps take hold of hell. This is, this is something in which a parent should always have a talk with their, their, their daughter or their son. Because it starts when 
you're a teenager. It starts when you're young. The peer pressure of being around other kids who are having sexual relationships with other kids. But there are parents who just don't want to talk about this type of stuff. There are parents who are too embarrassed to talk about this type of stuff. There are parents out there who just don't want to offend their children. And they don't want them to be left out. They don't want them to not seem cool. They want to just give them the directions and say, hey, if you're going to do it, make sure that you wrap it up. Hey, daughter, if you're going to do it, make sure that you're taking the pill. Make sure that you're safe. Just don't make any babies. This is the wrong advice. The wrong advice to give your daughter or your son. I'm going to go back to verse 1. My son, attend to my wisdom and bow your ear to my understanding. Listen. And we're going to go all the way down to verse 3. For the lips of an immoral woman or man... Drip as a honeycomb. The lips of an immoral person drip as a honeycomb. There's some men out there. Ladies, listen to me. Let me talk to you for a second. There's some men out there who understand that women are emotional creatures. That women respond more to what they hear. And there's some men out there who love to play games on these women and they have got them figured out. And they say things that you want to hear. They say things that satisfy you. They tell you what you need just so they can get what they want. Verse 3, for the lips of an immoral woman or man drip as a honeycomb. And they're smoother than oil. You won't even be able to see it or interpret it. Because maybe the only thing in which you're used to is people abusing you. But when somebody comes along and tells you exactly what you want to hear, you let your guard down. This goes for us men, too. There are some ladies out there who can who can talk a lot. But men, men are more physical. We like what we see. Physical face, beautiful face, beautiful lips, long, dark hair, gorgeous eyes, nice body. Ooh, these are the things that turn men on and they don't even look into that woman's eyes deep enough to see if she has pain. To see if she's going through things. To see if her soul is pure. They don't look that far. They just look. And they know what they want. Verse 4. But her end is bitter as wormwood. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of hell. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold of hell. If you're a woman and you're listening to this, apply it in the, in the, in the light of a man. So you're with somebody. And you love him. Or you love her. As you claim to. And you sleep with these, this person. And you don't understand why you just can't seem to find that happiness, that contentment. So you go and you find another partner, you find another person, you find somebody else to keep sleeping with. And this is what I just don't, this is what I don't understand in today's society. There, there are guys that I know personally who, who brag and say, you know, I've slept with 30 girls, 40 girls, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 I don't really see where the bragging comes in at because out of those 100 or out of that 1,000, if you just so happen to make it that far, 
without catching some disease or without somebody's husband coin to kill you. There's another verse in Proverbs that I have not, I haven't quite taken any notes on this verse, but I know this verse by heart. And I'm going to be paraphrasing it, but always go back and check. Always go back and check everything I say, everything I talk about. Let's remember that the name of this episode is the Bedroom of Destruction. That verse in Proverbs that I'm going to paraphrase goes, There was once a man who was walking down the road, and this woman got his attention. And she told him things in which she, he wanted to hear. He tick, she tickled his ears. She enticed him and convinced him to come back home with her. She told him that my husband is gone away on to work, on for business, and he won't be back for a while. So come, come home to me and let us express ourselves with a with full passion. No one's going to know. No one's going to find out. And the verse continues to go on and say that, you know, if, if you continue on this path and you, you go along with that terrible plan of fornication, that is a situation in which can lead you to death. How many times have we heard of cases when people cheat on each other and they get caught? They get caught. Wife cheats on her husband and the husband comes home. He's not supposed to come back for like two days, but he comes home early because he wants to surprise his wife only to find that she is being unfaithful and the husband loses it and kills both. There have been thousands of instances in which this has happened and vice versa. This was all foretold, people. This was all foretold. This happens. Just a thrill. Just a moment. There's a way that seems right but leads to death. There's some men out there who just like what they see and they want what they want because they feel that a little pleasure is good to them, right? But it's only until the consequences come about and they're caught. And who knows what happens at that point? Some people say you should never mess with a married man. You should never mess with a married woman. Or you should just, how about just not mess with anybody? And keep yourself out of trouble. Keep yourself out of bad predicaments by staying to yourself and waiting for that one who's for you. Because we can want, 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 but there's going to come a point in time that you're going to want so much that that satisfaction is not going to fill you. And while you're so busy being consumed with your sexual immorality and this lustful feeling in which you have, you're just really, really taking years off of your life and your own psyche. Some people think the more sexual partners in which you have, the better. But all you're really doing is causing psychological damage 
to yourself because eventually one day you're going to get tired of it and you're going to want more than that. I've been seeing, I've been, you know, I'm on Facebook and I see posts, I read posts all the time and some of them are just absolutely horrible. But sometimes I'll come across a, a post that, that intrigues me. It may be from a young lady who says, you know, you're going to have to offer me more than sex. You're going to have to offer, offer me more than just the bedroom. I want more than that. I want somebody who's going to love me. I want somebody who's going to care for me and, and show me that they are for me. I want somebody who's going to support me in my dreams and ambitions. I want somebody who's going to build me up. It's going to take a lot more than just laying down with me. That's not what I'm interested in. There needs to be more people who have this type of mindset to where they know that just having sex is not the answer. Once again, sex is something that was designed for the married couple, not for just anybody to do as they please. There has to be a point in time in which you grow up. There has to be a point in time in which you say to yourself, I don't want to do this anymore because it's going to lead me down the wrong path. You can keep doing something over and over and over, but eventually it's going to destroy you. There are people out there who have AIDS. And they may not have necessarily slept with a lot of people. They may have just slept with somebody else. Who slept with a lot of people. And that's that's not your fault. But at the same time. You. You could have prevented that. I understand that there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of. Of attention on this subject. And take it from somebody who has. Who has been there. And who has done that. And when I can tell you that. This. This doesn't lead you anywhere but a bad path. It's the it's God honest truth. This is a subject in which nobody wants to talk about. This is something in which people they 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 only see it from one from one viewpoint, and that means sex is sex equals good, sex equals happiness, sex e- equals um, satisfaction and pleasure. That's the only thing that they see it in when. People don't look at it from the other view as sex can lead to depression. Sex can lead to destruction. Sex can lead to turmoil in the, in my life. Doing it too much can destroy me. The bedroom of destruction. Many people are going to this to this bedroom of destruction. Many people are laying in this in this bed of despair. Many people are laying down and they're they're they're, they're suppressing their morality. They they're not trying to hear it. They're not trying to hear anything about oh sex before marriage. I shouldn't do that. They don't want to hear that. They just want what they want when they want it. Do you know that there is a such thing? As being desensitized to the act of sex. Do you know there's a such thing as not having an interest in it anymore? Because you have done it so much. What? How would that be fair? To the person in which you may end up marrying one day. That you have given yourself away so much. 
to other people that you ultimately did not end up being with. To other people in which you have opened yourself up to. Once again, the act of sexual relationship is you, you coming together with one person. And this is, this is a very, very serious ordeal. This is why it breaks hearts. This is why it hurts so badly when people do this. When people cheat, when people are unfaithful, this is why it hurts so bad. Because that is, that is as close as you can get to somebody. That is as happy as you can make somebody in a physical manner. That's why it hurts so badly. This is why it's so important that you don't give yourself to other people. You don't give yourself to just anybody because you're feeling some type of way. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you if you if you if you're feeling some type of way and you just feel as they say like you want to sleep with somebody, I mean I'm I'm just really going to be as clean as possible with my choice of words. But if you're feeling aroused, we'll say pray. Pray about it because Feeling that way, it's not necessarily a bad, it's not a bad thing. It's a natural feeling. But you also need to understand that you are in the flesh and that the flesh is one of your enemies. Number one, the number one enemy is the world. The number one, the number, no, I won't say number one. Number one enemy is Satan. Number two is the world. Number three is your flesh. You have three enemies against you. And all three of these enemies support you having sexual relationships whenever you want to. Satan, of course, wants to go against the the plan of God. He wants people to do the, the complete opposite of what God says. He wants you to sleep with as many people as you want to. He wants you to just, you know, fornicate, sleep with people, have threesomes, menage twice, whatever you, all of those different type of things. He wants you to do these things. So you can get further and further and further away from God and you can just desensitize yourself to sexual relationships. So you can open yourself up to all different type of demonic oppression and different type of diseases and ultimately the bedroom of destruction. The world wants you to do the same thing, which is why you see so much of this stuff out and about. Short skirts. Cleavage hanging out. You know, men, men bulging out. You know, just different, there's just different things in which the world is just presenting. Like, it's on a platter here. Look, go ahead and do it. Why not? Everyone else is. Isn't that what everyone says? Everyone else is doing it. I might as well do it too. No, no, child. You know, you shouldn't. When the world is going in one direction, usually that direction leads to destruction. The Bible tells us that straight is the way, narrow is the gate, and few will be there. We're talking about the the destination to heaven. Straight is the way, but narrow, narrow is the gate, and few, I said few, will be there. But the path of destruction is wide, and many will go there. If you see people going in one way, you need to go the other way. 
That's just as plain to see. Because the world loves the world and the world's going to do what the world wants to do. And the Bible calls us to be not of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come out of the world. We are not of this world. Walk in righteousness. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the light. God has somebody out there for us. He doesn't want you to go out and have sex with several people. He doesn't want you to lay in the bedroom of destruction. He wants better for you. He wants you under he wants you to understand what his plan for sexual relationships was designed for. But we live in a world that I mean, a lot of people won't even get a chance to even understand what that means. This new generation in which we are raising up, I feel so sorry for them. The moral decation and the decline of, of just relationships, being healthy and, and, and righteous is, is, is going down. Because of everything we see, because of everything we hear, the music that we listen to, the movies that we watch, the company that we keep, what we, what we deem to be socially accepted now, things that was never accepted a long time ago is accepted now. There's a lot of things in which have no business being in the eyes of the public. And you can only shield your kids so much. You're better. If you really want to shield your children, prepare them and tell them for what's come, what's to come. I I have my oldest son. He's 12. And I always ask him, you know, is there anything you want to talk to me about? Is there anything that I can help you with? Anything. I'm always snooping to see if he's interested in females. You know, right now he's still pretty innocent, but it's going to hit him in about another two to three years, I'm certain. But when it does, I will be there to tell him what he needs to hear. I'm not going to do what, you know, my stepfather did to, you know, told me. I remember him talking to me at the age of 13, you know. 14, I believe, one of the two, and I was about to go to high school, and he said, you know, I was actually going to play football, too, and he was like, hey, I remember like it was yesterday, we were at this car wash, he said, you know, you're going to high school, and you plan on playing sports, and, you know, the females are going to be throwing it at you, so if you're going to, if you're going to go ahead and do that, you know, make sure you protect yourself, you know, and this and that, that, that was what he told me, he gave me some um, some protection, to say the least. And I remember that like it was yesterday, and that that's just not the um the path in which I recommend a parent do. That's definitely not the path in which I'm going to to lead my children down. I'm in no way, shape, or form trying to tell people how to raise their kids, but you need to understand that the choices that they make you know, are going to ultimately affect more than just them. It's going to affect you too. If you encourage your kid, if you, if you tell your kids, Hey, just protect yourself. If you're going to do it. Well, what if that protection fails? What if it fails? What if it doesn't work? What then? Now your 15 year old daughter's pregnant. Your 14 year old son is going to be a father. Or your 16-year-old daughter has HIV. Oh, and you know, because the, the safety precautions in which you told them did not work. You encouraged them to go 
to the bedroom of destruction. You did not help them. You did not. You, you did them a disservice. Instead of telling them what they shouldn't do. Why? If you're gonna tell, if you're gonna tell your kids, hey, no, no, you can't have sex. I don't recommend it. Explain to them why. Explain to them why. I'll tell you why. Back, back to Proverbs five. There's a way that seems right, son. There's a way that seems right. There's an act that seems right. There's something that these kids do that seem right because it seems like all these kids are doing it and that you need to do it too just to be cool. It's going to seem right, but it's going to lead you down a bad path. It's going to lead you to death. It's going to lead you to disease. It's going to lead you to loneliness. Don't follow that path, son. Do this, not that. Stay in those books. Study. Make something of yourself. Present yourself in front of the world as a respectable, godly person. Daughters, same way. Don't listen to those, to those smooth words that those boys are telling you. Young ladies love it when a, man, when, a, when a young man tells them that they love him. Oh, mom, dad, he's the one. I'm not going to stop seeing him because you don't want because you want don't want me to see him anymore. Because that boy knows exactly what to say to her. Fathers, tell your daughters this. You should be the number one man in your daughter's life. The number one man in your daughter's life. If a father is the number one man. In a woman's life, there is nothing any other man can do to break that, to penetrate that, that love. Because a father's going to tell his daughter, I love you. You are special to me. You are precious. You are worth more than the world could ever know. You should already be telling her the things that she needs to hear. So that when somebody else comes along... When they say it, it's going to be like water. But when you say it, it's blood. It's thick. It's truth. If your father tells you you love you and that you're beautiful, another guy tells you you're beautiful, you can just say, my dad always told me I was beautiful. My dad always told me he loved me. My dad said that I was worth more than what anybody could give me. So you're going to have to do better than that. These parents who prepare their children end up having really godly kids and they grow up to be godly adults and they don't go down that path of destruction. The bedroom of destruction, we'll say. But to some people, this may, this may sound unrealistic. This may sound like a fairy tale. This may sound like something in which is not even possible when this is exactly the way that God designed us to live our lives. He never intended us to be the way that people say it's okay. He didn't. I know that I understand that sexual relations it is a it is a pleasurable experience. We're not gonna deny that. We're not, because it was designed for that. But it was never designed to be abused. It was never designed for people to just do whenever they wanted to do it, whenever they wanted to do it, with whoever they wanted to do it. It was never designed that way. God told us to wait for a reason. God told us to get a wife. In, in the Bible, 
paraphrasing again in the New Testament, it is better for a man to marry if he can't control himself than to burn in hell. It's better for you to get married and to cling to one woman or ladies for you to cling to one man than to go to hell, than to, than to, than to fall into the sin of fornication. It's better for you to be with somebody that didn't do that. But you don't want to just marry somebody for the sake of having sex with them either because there are people who do that too. They're like, well, I don't want to be a sinner, so I'm going to go ahead and marry you so I can keep sleeping with you. That way it won't be a sin. Well, that means that your relationship was built, the foundation on sex, and that's an emotion. And if there's nothing more to that relationship, it's not going to last. There has to be more to it than that. There has to be more than just sex. There has to be something else. What else is there? What does that person do for you? How does that person encourage you? How does that person motivate you? Do they lift you up when you're down? Do they check on you? Do they take care of you when you're sick? Are they there for you? Are they dependable? Is this somebody that you can bring home to your parents? Is this somebody you can see yourself spending the rest of your life with? And if, it's, and if, you, can, and if you say no, 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 well, then you need to get far away from that person. And preserve what you have, ladies, gentlemen. I know that this 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 podcast it, it, it may sound like I'm I'm talking more to to females, but in all our honesty, I in my heart I'm talking I feel at least more so to men because it's it's men too. The macho-ness, the, the, the manliness of sleeping with as many women as I possibly can. That doesn't make you a man. Because to be honest with you, it's not very hard to find a woman to sleep with. It's not hard at all. It's very easy. But what makes you a man is by demonstrating self-control, which is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Demonstrating self-control, demonstrating that I can wait and that I'm preserving myself for my queen. Not the most popular decision, not going to win you a bunch of friends, may get a few people laughing at you. But if they're laughing, they're laughing because they, most people, don't even recognize a real man or a real woman when they see one. A biblical man. Or a woman when they see one. Because they're so used to seeing the norm of men and women having sex together as if it's okay. Men and women living together as if it's okay. Men and women just, you know, it's normal. But just because something is normal does not make it right. Just because something is accepted by society and the world... Doesn't make it right. The statues and the, 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 the standards of God and man are completely different. We're talking about light versus darkness. They have nothing in common. Maybe you're somebody out there who's struggling. Who feels like that they constantly have to keep sleeping with somebody. Having sex with somebody just to feel happy and whole. I, I encourage, I highly encourage you to get on your knees and, and, and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Repent of your sins. Come to God. Clean slate. 
put that stuff to the side and allow him to clean you up and use you as a testimony and to wash you and to bring that person into your life that was designed to be for you instead of giving yourself to every man and every woman. Instead of bragging about, oh, I slept with X amount of people, brag, no, I got Jesus. And I am, I'm, I'm, I'm concealing myself. People say that, that they're still a, a, a virgin. They get, they get made fun of. People have been making fun of people who were virgins forever. That just goes to show you the, 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 right, the direction of this world, what's accepted and what's not. You have people out there who are compromising their virginity just for the sake of not being called stupid or not being called a square or not being called boring and to be called cool. Don't do it. But, you know, this is the type of message that, you know, a lot of a lot of young teenagers need to hear. You know, I know I stated in the beginning of this this um this podcast that if you got any kids you may want them to leave the room. I'm talking about small children. But if you got like teenagers that are like in high school or something, maybe even the latter end of middle school, then I, maybe you may want to, them to hear this. Potentially. Because maybe you're a little bit too embarrassed to talk to your kids about this. Maybe you're just too bashful. Maybe but you know they need to hear it. There's a lot of adults in this world who need to hear it. I wish I would have heard this as a teenager. I wish I would have heard this in my 20s when I was doing my thing. I wish I would have heard this sooner. But you know what they say? Now is better than never. There's always hope. We're going to close this today's episode out with a prayer. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe things just aren't going the way that you want in your life. Maybe you just don't have the answers. Maybe you just are sick and tired of how things are transpiring. If, if that's you, the Bible tells us, Jesus says, take my yoke for it is easy. Let me take the load off of you. Jesus wants to be the problem solver, the solution. The, the, he wants to be the love to fill that void in your heart. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you very much for yet another successful podcast presented by the Holy Spirit, of course. Utilizing me as a vessel, and that's it. I take zero credit. I give all the glory to you, Father. I pray whomever's listening to this is convicted hard. I pray that they're so convicted that they feel bad about their sin and they actually want to turn away from it and repent and give their life to you. I pray, God, that whoever listens to this is changed, that the transformation of their mind takes place and that they forsake their sin and walk in the holiness and the righteousness and the light in the path of which you present, God, and to clean them up and to show them their purpose in this life. Show them their worth, God, in this life. Show them what they really need to be doing in this life and to forsake the old ways and to adopt the new life, the newness of life in which you give us through the regeneration of being born again of the water and the spirit 
We pray, God, that you create this new creature and that you help them in this life and, and, and help them solve their problems, help them get through their situations. Help them, Jesus. Help them. Help them, Lord. Open their eyes. Open their ears. Give them the desires to seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much, everybody. I pray that this podcast touched you. I pray that it made you think. I pray that it, it, it does you some good. Um, if you feel that there's somebody out there that you know who needs to hear it. If you feel there's somebody out there that that can benefit from it, share it. Share this. Please share this. Please. Maybe this message isn't for you. Maybe it's for your mom. Maybe it's for your father. Maybe it's for your brother, your sister. Maybe it's for a friend. Maybe it's for somebody you know at work. Just give them the message. Because the bedroom of destruction is a real bedroom. And I don't want to see anybody go there and not make it out. God bless everybody. Thank you for tuning into episode three of Walk by Faith. Once again, my name is Derek Kenyonberg, and I pray you all have a blessed evening. God bless. <laughs>